listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets, presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on all social media platforms, at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM, we are one week out from the last episode that we have recorded. We were threatening the Houston Rockets by calling them the worst record in franchise history. The Houston Rockets decided to mollywop us right back in the face, acting like they don't listen to the Summit State of Mind, and drop two wins in a row to officially and statistically beat the allegations and be not the worst uh, at least record-wise team in franchise history. We'll go into that in just a moment, but of course, GM, let's start epi- every episode as we usually started. How are you doing, good sir? Everything is good, man. Um, you know, we lost tonight. Granted, just to be completely transparent, we, uh, the Rockets played the Brooklyn Nets tonight, and we had lost by 22 points. Unfortunately, we took the L. But overall, it's good. We're not the worst. This is not the worst historically- Houston Rockets team ever, um, and we essentially may or may not have the worst record right now, but it's okay. It's all about the long-term goal, and if we do, we don't. It doesn't matter. 15, 15 wins overall already this season. Yep. So we beat the 14th, you know, the 14th win was the 1982 and 83 Rockets, and every time we seem to talk mess about the Rockets... They seem to improve and do better. Let's not let's 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 call a spade a spade here. If y'all are listening, you can just come out and say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, naturally. If y'all, if y'all are listening, naturally, please come out and let us know, please. As, as a podcast, you know, like we're just keeping it real with Houston Rockets, and yeah, not, but we're the only show that has that has called them out on it. Touche for being the worst in franchise history. Touche, and you know it. To be honest with you. Uh, in thinking of both ways, like it's okay to be the worst team because we're thinking about long term. But naturally, as a fan, you don't want to be the worst team three years in a row. That'd be the only team ever to do that. So, I mean, as a fan, we don't want to see it. But um, naturally, as a person that wants to see the team succeed in the long term, that is something that we might want. I mean, if we have the, the lowest we can get is a f- the fifth seed, if we're the worst team, then it's not horrible. You mean the fifth pick? The fifth pick, sorry. The fifth, fifth seed. Fifth He's already seed, thinking sorry. playoffs. You're not even. You're not. We're not even. We're not even scratching <laughs> what, what, the surface. What, what I would do to be in the playoffs, but but anyways, just to be competitive. Yeah, just be competitive. Playing if competitive this te- games. If this team could be. I mean. Tonight was not the night to be competitive, but naturally speaking, um, you don't want to be the worst team. But if we're going to be thinking long term, it's totally fine. 
Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. No, I totally agree with you there. The Houston Rockets, let's backtrack here. Uh, from the last time that we recorded, the Houston Rockets, uh, they lost against Memphis. They got blown out, but then they ended up turning right back around and win uh, two in a row against the San Antonio Spurs. They take game one. 122 to 110 and then the Rockets turn around and oops oh silly me a win streak 142 to 110 they beat the San Antonio Spurs a little weekend home and home action and you know like I just want to talk about those two games that you know I just want to touch up on it we don't need to go into depth on these games they they were what they were it was a battle that it was a battle of what's the opposite of prime time the battle of the matinees I don't know whatever you want to call it <laughs> hey like, man it's like it's like going to watch a movie in the middle of the day. Can we? Okay, Nothing well, wrong you're with gonna, that. We, you're, not, you're not hating on it, right? Okay. I'm not hating either. Because I am an avid morning movie watcher. Like, I love going into the theater at 10.30 a.m., yeah. popping the popcorn. Uh, all I see is a bunch of grandmas and grandpas and maybe a, a, a mom with her kids, and I get to enjoy freaking uh, Creed 3, and I don't got to deal with a bunch <laughs> of random people screaming and teenagers acting a fool. Like, that's that's my hood right there's there. This is my it. nice little that, that is why I like to watch movies during the day, not in the evening. But, right. you know, like, um, as Rockets fans, that is something that we have to deal with naturally. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So... So let's let's talk about this. So the Houston Rockets against the San Antonio Spurs, a little weekend action here. The good thing about these games is that, you know, we we talked about what was my what was my whole point. My whole point was uh, to discuss. Oh, to talk about how this was the opposite of prime time, right? This is the the morning matinee showing here. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about this was that uh, who was going to tank more? Like that was the idea. Was Greg was Co- Coach Popovich going to be able to out tank this? Which is hilarious because I like. You know, like, maybe we are tank. Well, I mean, I, maybe it is a foregone conclusion at this point that we're tanking on purpose. I mean, after the John Wall allegations have come out. But I'm thinking, like, who could tank worse? Like, you know, all of our starters mostly played. And they played really, really well. And, I, you know, that weekend was a game. Like, it was two games where the Rockets, I think they really, really, really needed it. Because it's more like... The San Antonio Spurs statistically still have a better record. Uh, they yeah. still have 16 wins to R15. Yeah. Um, they didn't need to. They wanted to stay close because they want the chance to get that ping pong ball to get Wembenyama just as much as we want the chance to get Wemby as well. So, you know, they did some tr- strategic tanking on their part. But I think for the psyche of the Rockets, they can afford to win a couple of these games because I'm telling you right now, I truly believe after these two wins against San Antonio, they're going to be winless the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, I really believe, like, I don't want to burst anyone's <laughs> bubble, but I truly feel like these two games are really just like a raisin in the sun of those one moments of just like fleeting. And then it's like, okay, you turn around and realize, okay, this is, you know, it's against a team that is j- maybe just as bad as we are. So you've, you've completely lost faith in the fact no, that you picked them faith. to win. 30 wins in the season. I would, no, I bet on 35 to 37 <laughs> wins. If we backtrack the record, I lo- 35 I love to 37 it. wins with a play-in. I do. Did not even get that. I love that. it. You know, it's, it, it, so, it, we, we, none of us right. expected the, the team to be that exactly, terrible. Exactly, exactly. So, GM, I mean, I knew you weren't. Were you able to catch any of the games? I know I wasn't sure if you were able to catch any of those games live. I was able to catch, like, um, 
Not the first Spurs game, the second game. I caught a little bit of it. It was um, Apotaco for me. I caught the first game, but I yeah. wasn't able to catch all of the second. Yeah. I so, mean, the second game well, was a very good game. Yeah. I mean... Talk, Jay- t- talk about it. Talk about it. Jalen Green went off, man. And that was something that we just really wanted to see in terms of effort with scoring. Uh, Jalen Green made it look easy. And I'll also say this. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., 13 assists in... Um, the game that was something that we just wanted to see. Um, we wanted to see him perform uh, coming back from the injured list, right? But also, let me tell you this: as a team, we had seven players uh, score double digits, and as a whole team in general, that matters. Um, confidence, confidence is a big deal. Granted, we lost tonight against the Brooklyn Nets, but confidence as a team scoring wise is crucial considering how terrible we are like guys like tar Eason, josh christopher those kind of games are very crucial for them in the terms of development granted everybody might feel some type of way in terms of um us losing in general like tonight hypothetically correct but the wins that we did get um, I think I want everybody to understand that the wins are not going to cost us too much in terms of the lottery. We still have the best odds in terms of getting its quote unquote top four pick 52%. Um, we're still the worst record in the league. So essentially the worst we can get is the fifth pick. Um, we talk ahead. about this every year too. Like this isn't we like do. people that follow the show, like, should have a really good education on like draft picks at this you, point. You you would think you would think, but if we're gonna speak just naturally in terms of um, overall talk and sense of value, um, we want the team to still understand that we want the highest pick possible. And fifty percent suggests that we can get a top four pick. Forty eight percent says no, we'll get number five today that's why i'm okay like we don't have to win every single game but if we do win more games that's that's amazing but just understand that if we do win more games and hypothetically speaking like san antonio loses and detroit loses who are the basically the threats in terms of going from number five to number seven if um, we don't get a top four pick. Um, those are the teams to watch for. Right. And right. what you want to do is you want to put yourself in the best um, position to get a high draft pick. It's unfortunate and it sucks to watch, but you want to think about the long term success. Success. Sorry. I mean, we've been preaching on long term success like since twenty. 20- 20 since, <laughs> since well since the harden since has left so westbrook and james yeah. harden were here you know right like, that's exactly the thing, exactly you know? so i, I want to talk about you know i want to harken back a little bit more on the rockets and spurs game as well uh i want to give shout outs first and foremost to tari eason dude bald had his the game of his life in that game one uh in san antonio yeah he dropped 20 points did a, an absolute like master class it's in career terms high of career it high was a for great him. yeah and it was it was great too because the bench had 
you, you know, by and large, by far their best game of the entire season. Absolutely, everybody contributed in a very, uh, in a very good way. You know, even Dacian Nix was finding cuts to the rim and getting layups. Uh, everybody contributed. Uh, Usman Garuba is shooting like either either fifty or around fifty percent from three. Um, when the Us is loose, you better shoot the damn ball. I want <laughs> to see more of that. I don't like. I don't prefer him hesitating. I like the idea of him actually uh, getting that shot, especially when he's in the corner. It's so interesting because when I saw him hit those corner threes uh in San Antonio the first thing I thought of was holy shit like if I squint perfectly this is like PJ Tucker 2.0 almost which is crazy to think about and people may call me crazy but I mean the fact of the matter is the proof is in the pudding he's shooting right around 50% from three the corner three is like a nice little sweet spot for him to hit the shot yeah if the oos is loose shoot the damn ball man you damn right you so damn right what I mean by the oos is loose is in if the oos is open Shoot the damn ball because if the oos is loose, then myself and the GM we're feeling oosy by watching the oos get loose. So the bottom line here is that when that three, that when that corner pocket three is open, I want him to be able to shoot that a little bit more. So it, overall, it was a great game by all those players. The bench, like I said, the bench did uh, it was a masterclass from the bench. Best game of the season. Josh Christopher added on 14 points. Um, yeah, Usman had 11. Dacian Nix had 8. I mean, Boban had, like, positive uh, minutes as well. 4 points, 3 rebounds. Like, the team overall, one of their best games, maybe their best well-rounded game of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Even with a Jalen Green kind of struggling, he only had 12 points. So, you know, when you think about it from that aspect, it was a great game overall. I think it was great for their character. They had lost so many games in the row. They were well into the double digits at this point. And, you know, you're coming out of all-star break, so you want to see some semblance of... Uh, you know, a sporadic win here and there. So this win was great. Like, this was easily probably one of my favorite wins of the season just because everyone just seemed to have gotten their groove back for one game. You know, for at least one game, they got their groove back. And I knew it wouldn't last. I had a feeling it wouldn't last, but the Rockets tend to prove me wrong as we switch over to game two now, 142-110. to mm-hmm. uh, Houston Rockets, you know, do get the win in very, like, game, like almost like the preseason game one fashion. Remember when we absolutely blew out the San Antonio Spurs turn around and do it again. Houston Rockets, you know, put on another clinic of uh, offense against the San Antonio Spurs. 31 points for Jalen Green. Tari Eason in the past, those that two-game series against San Antonio, he had 20 in one game, 17 in the second game. That's 37 points in two games. Holy shit. Like, no, you're talking about a guy seriously. being a fucking bucket maker, and that's exactly what he is. GM, you said you got to catch a little bit of the second game. What was your overall opinions of that game, stuff that you remember, anything that stood out to you? I mean, okay, if everyone saw the dunk that Tarison dunked on one of the San Antonio Spurs, it was similar to the James Harden dunk in San Antonio that didn't count. Um, I just want to mention that because that is something that's a big deal in terms of, you know, just the, the counting of the score. The refs counted that correctly with that dunk. James Harden, no. But overall, in the terms of everything, like Jalen Green, first of all, confidence is a huge thing he scored with complete ease 30 man, was it 31 easy. points 32 31 points, points 31 and points. the man too easy, too he, easy. Ma- he made it feel so easy the way he scored he was scoring in all facets of the game he was inside the mid and the outside uh Jalen green was showing basically what he is capable of in terms of scoring and he wanted the world to know like hey dude this is what I do. 
And Kevin Porter Jr., 19 points, 13 assists. That is something, okay? KV, KPJ, he was ba- he's back now. And we're 2-1 and one with him back in the lineup. Um, it kind of shows uh, the importance of his in addition to the lineup. Even though some people might not be a fan of Kevin Porter Jr., I think that the value that he has brought in terms of the last three games has shown that he can contribute to this team positively in terms of trying to bring a W. And that is the thing that many people do not understand. It's it's totally fine. I get it. Um, but overall, like I said, seven players scored over double digits. Tari Eason having probably the game of his life uh, against the Spurs. The guy played so well. It, se- it just seems like Tari Eason, when he sees the Spurs, the man sees an X. He sees a target, and he's just like, "I'm, I'm, I'm here to play, and I'm here to win," and it's, it's amazing, you know. Like, shout out to other guys like LP, Jay Sean Tate, uh, KJ Martin, especially KJ Martin. He's just been completely consistent in the past few games, and um, I think it's crucial. It's wonderful in terms of consistency, confidence, and as someone that believes that KJ. Like, if we're going to talk about role players, KJ is um, high value in terms of a, how do I say the word, Um, in terms of being a highly valued player as a piece of the quote-unquote core, um, his value has heightened exponentially. And the way I see it is that when I see him, he is someone that I do want to keep in terms of long-term, quote-unquote, positioning. Um, but I'm hoping that the front office and the players see it as well. Yeah. No, I completely agree. KJ, the thing about KJ Martin for me is that I went into the season not 100% sold on him. Yeah. Uh, I thought that a lot of what he a lot of what he does is flashy. But it, it's kind of funny because in these most recent stretch of games, even before All-Star break, we've been probably he's been... Easily the most consistent player on the court. Easily, even the, so, even not, I mean, not just like pre, right. pre uh, All Star break, but like overall in the season. Yeah, he overall might be in the, the most season. consistent player we've had. He's a goddamn well, and then the fact that you know, give him his flowers as well because he's a goddamn Iron Man. He barely misses any games. He hasn't missed a game this season. He's been an absolute. He's been a menace when he plays. He stays on the court. He's healthy. <laughs> Like, he just does a little bit of everything. And the, th- the reason why the jury was out on him for me during the season, or at least beginning of the season, was because I thought a lot of stuff that he did was flashy, but a lot of stuff that I thought that he did wasn't um, conducive to success of a team, conducive to a positive shifting culture, and ultimately, you know, conducive to winning games. Kind of like all of what I believed of Alp. A lot of flashy plays, great talent doesn't really help win games <laughs> kj martin don't, don't say it because they you know a lot of fans are I, not, yeah i mean not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm that like was my that info. was but that was my uh that was my mo in beginning of this season hold, yeah hold we, the pitchforks clear which is, because which is right i respect exactly. it I so love it. so for me now like kj martin like he's really earned my respect in terms of his talent because I know what he is. I know he's a good player. I know he can dunk the ball. I know he likes to make a living out of blocking seven-footers. 
But I love the idea that he's starting to do the little things now. Mm-hmm. Keeping the ball alive, second chance points, consistency on defense to a degree. Still not perfect. He's still not a great defender. But you can see that more of an effort is there. And also just kind of being a constant motor up and down the court and not just going for the slam dunk plays. Like, yeah. he knows how when to lay the ball in. He knows like when to dunk the ball. He knows when to cut. I can literally see him down the road making big plays for this team for, hmm, I don't know, maybe a certain point guard named James Harden that maybe can come in and maybe can find <laughs> may, him on cuts to the rim. may not be joining the Houston a lot Rockets of all, in the offseason. A lot of alley-oops to be made there. So uh, KJ Martin, we're towards the end of the season. He has 100% earned my respect. And I'd even go so far as to say that um, – I would start looking at him unless you get a, like I said, an a la godfather offer um, where a star, a good star is available. <laughs> Even then, um, I, I think, think you I, look at KJ Martin as a glue guy, as a core guy that probably yeah, should yeah, stay. Absolutely. But it depends on how does he feel, though. That's the thing. We still don't know uh, how he feels. I, mean, you know, I don't he, know how he feels going he, into the He requested a trade at the he beginning of the season. Trade, so I don't know but, if it's still the same or you not. You know, like everyone's value fluctuates, and I can see. Uh, KJ Martin's value increasing in terms of how he's played throughout the whole year, especially recently. Um, do I want him gone? No, I want him to stay. But I understand as a team that sucks and as a team that's vying for a top five pick, if Rafael Stone, the GM, finds a deal that possibly overvalues KJ Martin. But that's the only way you do it. It has to be some semblance of a godfather I'm, offer. I'm not going to trade a, him for anything. Right. But in terms of that, if that's something that comes across the table, yeah. then you got to take it in terms yeah, of just yeah. overall value for the team. Um, but when it comes to overall, it's just kind of like we don't want him gone. We see the value in terms of KJ, and we see him as a possible quote-unquote core piece dude i wasn't even a believer that's the crazy thing is i was i mean you were the guy that was originally like i'm down to trade him yeah i was good to trade him i was gonna trade him now i'm at a point now towards the the season where i was like oh maybe not like absolutely not you need to actually look at absolutely not look at him and actually believe that he is a core guy i believe he's a core guy He's, he's definitely a core guy it's just he's still in a weird spot because well, he's he has, not a he has one more year after this. Con- yeah, after this no, year. No, no, no. Well, I'm not talking the about contract. the numbers. I'm not talking about the numbers uh, or contract or anything like that. He's still in a weird spot because he's not a true three, but he's also not a true four. Like I still don't know exactly where to place him, and I don't know if his spot on ultimately on the team is going to be a starting spot. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't believe that someone like a KJ uh, deserves to come off the bench, especially in this type of team right now. But if yeah. we're looking. A year, maybe two years, depending on who we acquire, obviously. Yeah. Not going to name any names. Yeah. James Harden. But if, <laughs> you know, players end up coming later, and where is he going to fit exactly? So, you know, that that's kind of what I'm thinking about, but that's down the road. Like, right now, where he is right now, he's an absolute core piece. Yeah. I don't want to dive too much too much into KJ. I just want to give him his flowers there. So I think he J- deserves it, naturally. Yeah, absolutely. And and he has uh, he's earned it. He's done a great job. Great stuff. KJ Martin, you're the man. Let's move on. GM, there was a game tonight. Brooklyn Nets decided ultimately, you know, the Rockets, that was cute what you did in your little two-game series against San Antonio. You know, golf clap, wonderful. You got your two wins in. You beat the allegations that the Summit put on you. Great. Now we're going to – now we're going to – 
we're gonna what is it? We're gonna put you down to size and make sure that everyone understands. Is, keep it humble. Keep really it humble. Keep exactly. the humility up. So Brooklyn Nets ultimately do beat the Houston Rockets tonight, one eighteen to ninety six. Blowout city. What else is new? The Houston Rockets have been dealing with blowouts most of the season. Nothing much changes here outside of a competitive uh, two quarters that the Houston Rockets did keep in. And of course, the Rockets' MO is to completely uh, shit the bed in the third and fourth quarter, which they did. They did keep it competitive, though. And overall, you know, one of those games where you wanted them, the individual players, to show out. And le- let's talk about it right here, just alone by the fact that Jalen Green has dropped a combined 56 points in his last two games. He dropped 25 tonight and he had 31 the other night against San Antonio. So the man is starting to heat up. You know, we're going to start calling him, what are we going to call him now? High school Jalen? AAU Jalen? Because this dude's doing work now. Like, he's playing with the utmost confidence, which is great because it's going to ultimately carry on his confidence for the rest of the season. Something Absolutely. about post-All-Star Absolutely. game Jalen. I don't know what it is. He's got some Andy Pettit blood in him. I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. But he's been doing wonderful 25 points for him. LP tacked on 16 points. He was really, really quiet in the second yeah. half. Ajabari, one of his better games of the season, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, GM, from the from what you saw of the game, you know, what do we want to talk about? I know for the fact that, you know, we had a big, you know, we had eyes on Mikkel Bridges. Yeah. A man decides to drop 30, which I don't know if I'm super <laughs> impressed by that at this point because I'm like, yeah. Against the Rockets, Rockets. It's, it's not very much. It's not very much. In terms of, uh, how can I, I say this? 40. Performance. Um, he probably could shot better considering the defense of this team. We're considering one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Uh, Mikkel Bridges is a guy that you and I both value highly in terms of a guy that could potentially help the team in the near future. But <laughs> that that doesn't matter. Bakel Bridges, high score for the whole game for both teams. Jalen Green, 25 points. His uh, percentages were not so great, especially if we consider his uh, free throw percentage. His free throw percentage was 54.5%. He shot 6 of 11 from the free throw line. That is an issue in terms of just based on how I feel. Um, but that's just me. Considering how he is as a scorer, because he gets a lot of attempts. And 6 of 11 is inexcusable considering how valuable he is and what he brings to the team uh, in a game-by-game basis. But it's okay. We still suck. That's what matters. Kevin Porter Jr. did not play great. He shot 2 for 11 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. I mean, um, he's he going to be very wishy-washy. Yeah, I mean, he just came back. He, he, he played. He, sco- he scored 8. Had eight rebounds, seven assists. That's about a nice overall game, Kevin Porter Jr., um, um, naturally. Uh, but we need more scoring from him if we were to, quote-unquote, win, correct? Right. Um, but, you know, we had good games from everybody all around. We had a good game from um, Al P, 16-12, Jabari, 15-8, um, Jay Sean Tate, 11-5. I mean, you know, the only thing I would have to say, disappointment-wise, is Usman Gruba. Did not hit a shot, Ken. How does that feel for you? Wait, say that one more time. Usman Garuba did not hit a shot tonight. He did. Not, what was his? He, stat was, line? he was zero for zero from the field and zero. My zero man didn't attempt the shot. Yeah, they they caged the Oose? Yeah, oh, man. He's no. He, you can't he, do that. He had no points and three rebounds. Um, I know that Usman Garuba is your guy. Um, but I'm going to say this, considering his three-point percentages, 
The man needs to take more shots from the three point line. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, also, also, they're gonna not, leave them it's, open. it's not completely they're up to him. They're gonna leave him open. I'm saying it's like guys like that run the pick and roll or the pick and pop in terms of the offense, like Kim Porter Jr., Jalen Green, uh, Dacian Nix, Ty Ty Washington. Dude, like when you play yeah. with Usman Garuba, the man's very effective from three. Well, so, I, you yeah, know, well, I, I, I think that's something, something that we undervalue. Yeah, no. Well, can I say this right now? Because I think everyone needs to hear this. The fact that, well, first of all, I am Jabari's biggest fan. Second of all, I'm... Obviously, hang we, on, hang we on, all hang on. know that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Second of all, I'm admitting this, and I'm Jabari's biggest fan. I want y'all to run some plays for Usi. Run some plays for Usi. He has a better three-point percentage than Jabari. Why aren't we running plays for him? You said you're not running <laughs> plays for Jabari. Yo, even then, even then, you can run a pick... A basic pick with Usman Garuba from the wing, from the elbow, and then Us can drop to the corner. They're not gonna guard him if it's Jalen. <laughs> if it's Jalen, well, no going, one, no one, no one's that, saying that Usman Garuba is gonna be screen. shooting threes. Yeah, right, but if Jalen's going over on the screen, then what's gonna happen is Us is gonna drop to the corner. They're gonna double Jalen because Jalen is such a threat from the midi. You know, from the second level, from the first level to the second level itself. Yeah, what's gonna happen is. Us you can put Us in the corner after he sets the screen. He'll be wide open. He kicked the ball to him. What's the worst that could happen? It's better than running your shot clock down and then running a stupid play. I'm not saying run that play all the time, but you know you can throw in those little wrinkles. I guarantee you, if Mike D'Antoni was the coach, oh my gosh, shoot me first because I mentioned Mike D'Antoni on the show. <laughs> no man, ran, Mike D'Antoni would be a great coach for the team. And Harden, if and I'm telling you right now, Harden in 2017, 18, if he saw that Us is averaging almost 50 percent from three, he's gonna be like, "Yo, let's run some plays for you. There you let's go. Let's get this going. There you go. We're gonna we're gonna shoot. There's a gonna pick. be a lot of pick and pop, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to shoot a pick, and I'm going to drop you to the corner so you can shoot a three. And, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, he needs – I mean, Craig Ackerman said it on one of the uh, most recent games, a game against San Antonio. They need to They need to let Usman Garuba shoot some threes. I mean, I, th I think that's – like, if we're not winning games, at the at the very least, let's build some development. Yeah. So I don't yeah. understand why they're not even going to try to attempt to do that. Um, Usman Garuba is already an undersized center to begin with. At least having him stretch the floor mm -hmm. would be something better than nothing, especially in today's NBA. So I want, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of what they could, what they could bring to the table for Usman Garuba to kind of open up his game a little bit more. And ultimately, if they respect that, the that, shot, that is something you've been asking for. Yeah, and ultimately, yeah. if they open up, if it opens up the shot for him, which could open it, ultimately help open up the floor for the other bench players, you could see more wrinkles and seams in the gameplay from the bench if Silas sees the vision. But what I see and what Silas sees is going to two completely different things. I'm not an NBA coach. I ain't going front like I'm an NBA coach. It's very hard to be an NBA coach, guys. There's only 30 head coaches in the entire league. There's probably only been like 100 plus of NBA coaches an entire lifetime of yeah. its existence. It's very hard to be an NBA coach. I'm not criticizing him by any means, but at the end of the day, I still think that they need to run some place for Usman Garuba. GM, I do ultimately want to uh, just talk, just kind of talk about this. Uh, we do have one more segment before we go home here uh, to wrap this all up in a bow. Bottom line: Houston Rockets lost, brought back, but right back down to earth. Houston Rockets. I, I just don't see them winning any more games. Um, that's just personally what I think. Uh, do you believe that the Rockets can win any more games? Well, here, here, real quick, real quick. Let me let me give it to you the final the final tally. Okay, we got Rockets at Spurs. Then we're playing the Bulls at home. 
uh, playing Celtics at home. We got the Lakers at home. We got the Pelicans at home. We got the Pelicans at home again, so a home and home. Mm-hmm. We got the Warriors at home. We got at Memphis uh, for a two for a, for a home and home stand going against oh going against Memphis in Memphis on the twenty second and twenty fourth. Twenty fourth, interesting. So at Cavaliers on the twenty sixth, at Knicks on the twenty seventh, at Brooklyn on the 29th, Then you got Pistons at home. Oh, that could be one. Lakers at home, Nuggets at home, uh, Hornets away, and of course we're going to end the season at Washington. Do you see a win anywhere? Maybe the Pistons at Re- home. Realistically, I see one up. win. I see maybe two. Maybe, okay, well, what was the second win for you? Two. It'd be Charlotte and uh, Detroit. Charlotte away and Detroit at home. Um, I don't think San Antonio will lose in their game against us naturally. Um, because wait, are we playing? We're not playing San Antonio again. No, we do not. It's Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn, Indy, Chicago, and Boston. Okay, so I only see two wins. The Lakers do not have LeBron, but AD has been playing very, very well. They're competing for a playoff spot. Naturally, everyone that we're playing is in the playoff race. Outside of you know Cleveland, Detroit. I'm not. I want to discount Cleveland. I'm pretty sure they're still in there. Um, Cleveland, Detroit, and Charlotte, maybe Washington to an extent. Um, I only see maybe two of those being a win. That would put us at what 17 wins for the season. 17 wins for the season. One away and one home. Um, nothing wrong with that. I think that's totally fine. We're not the worst team overall, but in terms of disappointment and, and expectations for the season. We all wanted to play better, um, but it's okay. We're thinking of long term. Everyone gets really like gets their panties in a bunch in terms of being like, "Oh, we don't want to lose. We don't want to uh, lose on purpose. We don't want to tank." But naturally, um, we're tanking, guys, and just buy in. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm not trying to say this in terms of negatively, like the team is actively trying to lose. We're just not very good. And um, next year, this team may look completely different. Keep a word on that. Um, just make sure to um, remember, like, next year, this team may be different. Because um, if we do bring James Harden back, who knows what can happen. But. Um, overall, it's okay. Don't be too attached to what this team has right now. I don't think um, anyone. I hope not. Anyone in the right state of mind should. I not mean, be too outside attached. of guys like, that, I'm, I'm that not going to sit here and act like outside I'm super of guys, guys that view like Kevin Porter Jr. as a core piece or uh, Prince Shangun as the man, or viewing um guys like. You know, Jay Sean Tate, Jay right, Gupp, right. as guys that are going to be here long term. Newsflash, guys, this team could be different. And you have to understand that as a team that is not very good currently, that um, changes are. Um, oh, uh, yeah, they're coming. I changes mean, yeah, they're are coming. coming. And it, it's all a part of what happens when you suck naturally so you just have to understand don't be too attached to the players on this team understand that things will occur uh based on you know what me what we may or may not want and it's okay 
detach yourself from the situation currently and understand that if we're worse, it can lead to a long-term uh, durability, betterment of the team. Just remember that. So just everyone make sure to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and move on, GM. Let's move on to the last segment, obviously. Uh, we're getting to the point now where it's starting to become hard and watch. Like, we need to start a hard and watch, especially once we get into this offseason. Uh, I guess also when we're in – I guess also when the NBA is in their playoff time because – that's obviously going to be very big and incumbent upon Harden's decision making. So, basically, what was been another thing that happened this week, and it was brought up uh, yesterday, was that Bill Simmons got on his podcast like he always does weekly, and uh, his words, hundred percent his words alone, says people around the NBA think James Harden is bound for Houston. In the whisper circles, everybody seems to think he's going back to Houston. Now it seems like a foregone conclusion. If you're talking to anyone around the league, they'll be like, yeah, Harden's going back to Houston. Simmons goes on to compare it to the dynamics surrounding LeBron James and the Lakers in the months leading up to the 2018 free agency. In a move that was widely rumored for months, James reached an agreement with the Lakers uh, within the first 24 hours of free agency. If you want to continue to read upon this wonderful and awesome article, go check it out right now on the Rockets Wire. It's a free plug for my boy Ben Dubose, friend of the program. Uh... It was a great, like, it was a great, it's a great article. I highly uh, recommend that if you guys are Harden fans, especially even if you're not a Harden fan, go check it out and read it. So, Bill Simmons literally got on here, and he's not beating around the bush. He's not being tongue-in-cheek with this one. He's he's going right for the goal, and he's letting everybody know right now that it seems like the direction is, is that James Harden is coming back to Houston. It's... Right along the same lines as what Kelly Iko has said. It's right along the lines of maybe some things that you and I have also heard. So the fact of the matter is, is that right now it seems like what Bill Simmons said is a foregone conclusion. We've been harping upon this in the last several weeks of this show. James Harden, the Houston Rockets. Every time I feel like it's going to be inevitable, it keeps getting more and more inevitable. GM. <laughs> Where are you right now in the Harden watch after hearing, you know, Bill Simmons, who's, you know, the biggest Rockets fan of them all. <laughs> what did you think of your uh, opinion on, you know, Bill Simmons' uh, words here? Comparing it also to the Lakers and, Jay- and LeBron James. I mean, naturally, I'm conflicted, um, to be honest with you. You, the listeners know, I'm not a fan of bringing James Harden back. I have my reasons in terms of moving forward, in terms of... Uh, the past of what James Harden brought prior to his um, departure from Houston. Um, I don't know what he's going to bring when, if if he were to come back, quote-unquote, correct? Um, if he does come back, hypothetically, I'm hoping for a man that learns from his mistakes uh, prior to leaving the city of Houston. Um, you know, like performing in terms of playoffs. I mean, the man does score in terms of overall averages, but clutch time's a whole other story for James Harden, correct? And if we were there, hypothetically speaking, he's the person we're going to look to, and he's the guy that we kind of want to see perform naturally because we want that for him. Um, But overall, like, do I think that it could happen? Yes. Um, If it happens, would I be happy? I mean, I'm a fan of the team, man. Um... I have my opinion in terms of what I want from the team, but at the end of the day, 
It doesn't matter. I don't run this team. I'm not paid millions of dollars to be the GM like Raphael Stone. Um, but, you know, like if he sees something that's different in terms of bringing on uh, James Harden, then so be it. That's cool. He's a star. I mean, the man has the best assist to turnover ratio of his career currently. Um, would that stay with Houston? I don't know. We don't make shots. We don't make open shots, naturally. So I don't know how those assist numbers will look. But um, the idea of having James Harden back and a superstar potentially leading this team next to a Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Alperin Shangun. Um, I like the idea. It's cool. You know, like it's better than losing. Um, but, you know, like when it comes to losing and tanking, that's a, that's all part of it. It's all part of the growth, right? Um, so so when I look at it in terms of a big picture, I'm conflicted. Um, wasn't a big fan of James Harden coming back. Um, I loved him when he was here, but if that were to happen, I will support the team no matter what because I do believe if the team brings him back within reason. Then there is a bigger picture to uphold. And what that bigger picture shows and suggests, who knows? But I'm here for it. Yeah. You're the commission. And I are Rockets fans and we want the team to succeed. Absolutely. Whether it's the correct picture we want, it doesn't matter. Okay. I just want to say this right now, right out of the gate, uh, just so everyone can kind of understand. The GM, you know, talks about it, obviously, in his position. Stance doesn't change. Feels exactly the same. I mean, we're going to reiterate it every episode. But I do want to bring a brand new point onto the show that people uh, may not have talked about or that, that we haven't even discussed on this show. That it couples along with kind of our lines of thinking, but we have never really said it. And I kind of want to bring it up to everybody here. If James, hypothetically, does come back to Houston, who's coming in? Is James coming alone, A, and B, Definitely not. who is still going to be on the team? That's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, James is coming, but he's coming back to this. Oh, my God. These guys can't hit shots. Blah, 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 blah. Like, no. What is this team going to be in 2023, 2024? We don't know. Who's still going to be here? We the don't. makeup of the we team don't. can be entirely different. So... Everyone that's thinking, oh, James Harden's going to come back to this. Jalen Green's going to be here. Which, I mean, he'll most likely still be here. But, like, oh, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith. I'll even put Jabari Smith in that category. Jabari Smith, Alperin Shangoon, uh, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate. Like, are Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. Are these all, are all the, Ty Ty Washington, are all these guys still going to be here next year? We don't I know. highly doubt all of those players we, I just not said are going to be here. So that's the thing that I want everybody to kind of understand and also kind of put into their brains is that if James Harden's coming, he's not coming to this current iteration, complete iteration of the team. The core will be intact for sure. I, 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 like my personal opinion, Jalen Green for sure will be here. Jabari Smith, in my opinion, is a part of the core. I think KJ Martin has earned his way to become part of the core. I think Tari Eason is also another person that I would like to hold on to. But even then... Who's really truly untouchable on this team? Like that's the thing to think about. Nobody. Like nobody. That's why I don't think that you know people's argument. Oh, James Harden's coming to this team. No, he's not. Like he's not coming 
to this current makeup of the Rockets. Yeah. I guarantee you the whole team is going to look completely different and shifted towards winning. James Harden, if he comes, he's going to come. And if he comes and he brings another veteran present help, boom, that's going to help right there. You get a uh, you get a scoot. You get a Wemby. That changes every The <laughs> dynamic of the team changes 100%, turns 180 on its head. The team turns upside down completely. On top of that, what if there's a new coach? So that's a whole that's a whole other thing. The whole team and the whole makeup of the team can look completely different next year. So that's the one thing I kind of want people to also realize. Like, okay, James Harden, oh yeah, you know, oh, you, what he did was before and blah 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 blah. Like, you know, he's selfish and he he's not a playoff performer. Well, newsflash, guys, we haven't even sniffed the playoffs when James Harden was here. So suck it up, James Harden. If he comes, we're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. And oh, I thought you guys wanted to win. So that's why ultimately, you know, that's where that's where I think would happen if James Harden ultimately ends up coming here. And it looks like we're headed and everything's trending towards that direction. You better believe when anytime there's going to be Harden news dropping. I mean, maybe every episode from here on in is going to be, there's going to be some sprinkle of a James Harden. You know, maybe once we hit off season, we'll have an official Harden watch. Well, we'll figure uh, out. It's, it's, it's definitely we may happening. Have to do it. We may have to do it. The reports suggest. Yeah, so. the reports are going to suggest it and... We're going to be with y'all every step of the way on this. Uh, we're going to try to drop as many news as we can along with the reports that have already come out. Yeah. But ultimately, look, guys, we are where we are right now. We're still the worst team in the NBA. Um, unfortunately, I feel like light, unfortunately, depending I f- on how people yeah, see it. I feel like the light's slowly coming, though. I feel like the light is coming at the end of this tunnel. I feel like we're going to be at, get out of here a little sooner. We're, rather like, than we're like right there. We're yeah, right there. I feel like we're a little closer than people will want to give us credit for. I think a uh, shift in culture through coach and a bunch of other things obviously need to fall into place, including James Harden maybe coming back, including a, another top pick yeah. also coming in, yeah. and maybe another free agent. Remember, the idea of two max slots is still on the table. So, coupled with, with a godfather uh, level of draft picks that we have currently. So, it's all on the table, guys. This gate team is going to be different 100% going into next year, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. So, GM, let's go ahead and end this episode. Um episode i mean i don't remember some what episode we're on i think we're on episode one i've already lost count we are on 154 officially okay right right there 154 closing the books here slowly but surely trekking our way over to 200 oh my goodness we're about to celebrate our three-year anniversary in june which is going to be insane so it's kind of crazy we probably got to celebrate kind of crazy probably maybe we'll celebrate the third year of this show maybe with a live show maybe kind of what we did similarly before the draft maybe we'll do a little pre-draft action something i'm not opposed to maybe we'll even record before the draft maybe that'll be the third year anniversary of our show i don't know it's possible. there's a lot of distinct possible. Possible. what do you guys want to see for a third year anniversary it's going to be it's june of 2023 it's going to be draft time what do y'all want to see i would love to hear from y'all please give us your uh suggestions of what y'all would want for the third year of the anniversary please don't tell us to book nba players we will try our best to make that happen but <laughs> we want to know what you guys want what, what y'all would think would be best for us to do for our third year anniversary we want to hear from y'all so gm let's go ahead and end up this episode like we end every episode the people want it the people need it as our producer gives us the go home cue hit them with them one time what do you usually are say? they ready for it i mean follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow the podcast on Twitter and TikTok at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Summit, uh, State of Mind underscore 
P-O-D. And follow the people. Follow the the team. Follow the fam. On the NBA side, at Apollo NBA. And the overall team, at Apollo H-O-U. You can give me a follow as well on Twitter at Summit Commish. Shouts to the Apollo Podcast Networks, our brethren that is continually killing the podcast game uh, right along with us in the battle lines. Uh, Shoutouts to the Apollo Texans off the gridiron once again, uh, continuing to do the thing. The crown jewel of Houston Astros podcast, Beyond the Diamond. Be sure to check them out. They are currently at spring training covering the Houston Astros, doing uh, the Lord's work for everybody in Houston. Uh, so be sure to uh, tune into them. They just released an episode either today or yesterday uh literally live in uh west palm so be sure to check them out and uh, of course one of my favorite uh pods ever to listen to and that is the one take podcast uh anything that you love in regards to pop culture movies tv shows music they got you covered all the way across the board they just reviewed creed 3 uh easily one of my favorite movies i've already seen it twice i'm gonna go see it a third time this weekend uh they're absolutely killing the game as well so shouts to all of our podcast brethren that continue to kill the game each and every episode so we're gonna go ahead and end this episode here shout outs to each and every one of y'all that continue to support us the houston rockets especially as we close the chapter on episode 154 and as our producer gives us the go mq one more time we're gonna end this episode as we end every episode go summit go apollo and for the love of god almighty the houston rockets beat the allegations of being the absolute worst team in franchise (laughs) history for winning game 15 for god's sakes go rockets the summit four, 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 four.